Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. My mind, you just wake up and go rake. Featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks. High drive, deep left field for Middlebrooks. Back and that is gone. Third home run of the day for Will Middlebrooks. The trifecta has the Red Sox on top, nine to nothing. And MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Vietti here. He's a yeah, right-handed pitcher. He's six five. So you were right. It's- Thinking he's tall. He is pretty tall. From Cottonwood, California. Cottonwood, California. I don't know where that is. I don't know where that is either. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. Party people, it is baseball weather outside, man. It's like 70 degrees and sunny and beautiful weather. You know what that means, Brooksy. I live in Florida, season, so man. it's it's like the best time of the year, man. It's like it's like holiday season. Everybody talks about Christmas, Thanksgiving. Like this right now is the best time of the year, at least in my mind. Yeah, baseball weather means itchy eyes, runny nose, got the pollen in the air. Dude, I was always that kid in class. You know what I mean? Like sitting in the back of the class, every you're reading a story in a group reading, you're doing that popcorn selection for who reads. I hated that. And it gave me that was when I learned what anxiety was. Exactly, but and then there's me in the back just just sniffing away like hopefully I never so hear this. me out. I never I never had allergies until after I had COVID. Oh really? That's strange. I've never had allergy issues, and I've lived in Florida for three and a half. It'll be four years in August, mm-hmm. and now and all of a sudden I have to take like Zyrtec and shit all the time. All right, we're gonna be talking about our top twenty five players, so that's what we got going on. This, this was way episode. tougher than I thought, and yeah. listen. I did my top 25 without the internet, which I thought I was, that was actually, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to test myself. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, I'll get through it or I'll get like halfway through it and see how far I can get. Like I can do my top 10 pretty easily without internet, but like 11 through 25, it was like a workout for my brain. That was tough. Like not only just thinking of players, but ranking them. The hardest thing for me, through, I was going through like divisions in my head, and then trying to go through lineups and rotations because I do have a few arms, mm-hmm. and it was just that was like a full on. It was on a flight. It was like a two hour flight, and it took me almost a whole flight. The hardest thing exhausted. for me, the hardest thing for me was picking my twenty five through twenty. We'll get into it more. We have some headlines to get into, but just to kind of preempt the whole conversation, the hardest thing for me was picking my twenty five through twenty. Cause I felt bad leaving guys off that top 25. Yes. Yeah. Like I left off guys like Brandon Crawford. How? Like this guy was an MVP consider consideration last year, a year ago. Like, yeah, but we're not ranking them based off of 2021. We're ba- what we think this year will look like. Right. That's exactly right. So yeah. top 25 players of 2022. That's what's on this episode. And if you hear me slurping, I'm crushing baked potato soup right now because daddy's hungry and he hasn't had time to eat. You know, Campbell's, we need a sponsor on this episode. <laughs> First and foremost, dude, you were in the headlines like New York Post, Boston Globe. I was looking you know on what, social Danny, media. Everybody's like, Brooksy's, you know, Will Middlebrooks is talking shit about New York once again. What happened? See what I'm doing? What am I doing with this spoon? Stirring, stirring the pot. The pot. Right? I'm stirring the pot. And it's so easy to get under those guys' skin. Who's the, well, who, do, who are those guys? You're talking about New Yorkers specifically? Yeah, New Yorkers are so sensitive. 27 rings, 27 rings. No one cares, bro. How many have you seen? Zero, two, two, maybe. They're my give him 2009. That's one. 
Yeah, it's a want. So I don't want to hear 27 ring chants when 20 of them were before World War II. <laughs> yeah, very true. No, it, it ticks anyway, them off easily. Don't get me going. I am in my Red Sox hoodie. What did you What do you say? You, just trash in the streets in, in New York City, so, which is all I said, so, so, fact. So Trevor's story, we go back. In 2011, he got drafted. Uh, that offseason, so he went to Instructional League. That was like the first thing he did. Then he worked out. We were living in North Dallas. We worked out at the same place. It was, well, it's Exos now. Exos, it, it used to be API. So it was like, our workout group is amazing. It was me, Trevor Story, my best man in my wedding, Carson Blair, who got to the big leagues with Oakland. He wasn't in the big leagues long. Um, Tori Hunter. Latroy Hawkins, Joel Hanneran, and like some other guys sprinkled in, but like those are the big names. And I just remember, I'll get to the stories later about Trevor, but back to your New York, New York post. So I was just talking to Trevor for like two weeks before he signed and was like selling Boston. And as a joke, and this was through tech, like we talked once when I was in Georgia at like a winery. I'm like, I'm just going to call him. So we talked. But through text, and I, I can send you the text. You can have it. You can throw them on the, on the, on the pod. But I was like, yeah, look, you don't want to go to Houston. They have hurricanes. You know, you don't want to deal with that bad flooding it's issue. California taxes, you'll get crushed. I hear the state income tax going up to ninety two percent next year. You're gonna lose everything. <laughs> don't want to go to New York. This is the worst one. You can't go there. The streets they smell like garbage. <laughs> smells like garbage all the time once it heats up it gets worse it's really stinky and they have rats the size of shetland ponies <laughs> and when i tell you those lines i, I did an interview with alex Spire, who, who writes for he's one of the beat writers for boston and um because he knew i knew trevor he's like hey did, did you talk to him i'm like of course i did i sold it and i told him what i told him <laughs> about about new york and other places so he put it in the boston globe of course and oh new york post was all over it i had so i was getting like death threats bro i'm getting twitter like i hope your family yeah it was bad and i'm like find the lie like i'm not trashing the people speaking of trash i'm it was garbage you literally have a garbage problem this has nothing to do with the people there my in-laws are from brooklyn they thought it was hilarious because they know it's true i I did have a lot of people that were like ah yeah you're right you're right but fuck you you know, but spot the lie. I didn't say the people sucked. I could have said that, but I didn't say it. No, I, I said it stinks, yeah. which it does. And you yeah. have rats the size of bull terriers. I was talking with a guy from Chicago two weeks ago. He was telling me specifically, now this was off the record. I'm not going to say who it was, but he said specifically, and this is objective fact. It's not even opinion. He said that Chicago is considered one of the cleaner cities because the big fires that happened in the early 1900s, what happened after the fires, they had to... They didn't have to. They chose to build their buildings. If we hadn't lost our audience now, that we're probably losing them now through this History Channel lesson. But they built their buildings with alleys in between in Chicago after the fires because of the fires to separate them. And then so, they keep so all their trash in the alley. New York City doesn't do that. New York City literally puts out their trash and their trash cans on the street to be taken out. And it's right in viewpoint for everybody. So, you know, to your point, like it's objective fact, like you're not shitting on the town. No, it just, like, it's my main bad. office. My main office is in New York. I know exactly what you're talking about. I see trash Thanks. there constantly every single day. It's objective fact. Trevor's going to be real sad when he goes to Boston. And he realizes there's trash in Boston streets as well, though. There is, but it doesn't stink like that. It doesn't. It's different. So Trevor's story but to the Sox. It's a different stink. 
Six years, 140 million. You have to love that signing, though. Absolutely, right? It smells more like white gold, diamonds, sapphires, and rubies that we've been seeing the last few years that the Yankees haven't seen in a long time. Anyways. This was interesting. So the free agents that sign, and we're getting closer and closer and creeping up to our top 25 players, so stick with us. The majority, other than Freddie Freeman, the majority of free agents that were signed this year all signed with non-playoff teams. So Carlos Correa, the Twins, um, the Mets, Max Scherzer, they brought over Mark Canna. They brought over Starling Marte. So that's kind of a weird, you know, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, the Texas Rangers. These big-time players are going to non-playoff teams. Now, some of them miss the playoffs by just a a little bit. You know, the Phillies, Nicholas Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber. These teams don't want to look like a couple of the teams that purposely still aren't spending, especially after they up the the CBT and all that. Like, oh, you guys can spend more money. It's like, oh, okay, like we'll sign a big name here for 150 million. We're spending, but really, it's not. Why you got to be one so player is not changing your team? Like, Why you got to be so cynical? Cynical? I'm not I'm realistic. Give me another reason. I think teams are on the. On the cusp of, of turning that corner, and there may be one, two pieces away. The Phillies, Kyle Schwarber, Nicholas Castellanos. Oh, I think the they immediately change. Phillies are spending money though. There for sure. They're like but, at the threshold or over. I think they're yeah, over. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying the Marlins are all of a sudden contenders now that they have Jorge. But Soler. Colorado, like that makes weird. sense of that. Makes Very sense weird. Of that. that makes zero. sense. They have zero me. sense of urgency to win. I don't understand. I don't get it. In the unless they're they're planning on rebuilding even more, and just so they can sell him and get. But that's the thing is somebody's going to have to take the contract, so you're not going to get a ton of prospects for that. No, so it, just, it, it made serious. It didn't make any sense. I don't know. Anyways, keep going. Jack Flaherty is out indefinitely for the St. Louis Cardinals. Their ace with shoulder discomfort. Shane Boz is out for the Tampa Bay Rays after he had elbow surgery. He's going to be out two to three weeks. And then back to some more Red Sox news. Chris Sale is expected to miss a couple months with a stress fracture in his rib cage concern for Red Sox fans, especially after he missed. Yeah. It's year been, with Tommy John. I love Chris sale, but this has been a tough contract for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's making 30 million a year and he's hasn't really done much, you know, I mean, he was around for the world series and all that, but then the extension was after that, but um, he had TJ. So he missed 15 months there, 16 months. And he comes back and he wasn't really like a full go in the postseason because he can only go so many pitches. So he was really working out of the bullpen or like starting for two or three innings. And it wasn't like true Chris Sale. So I haven't getting guys uh, tweet me saying, how about when he comes back, he's a closer. I'm like, he's not going to be back till early June. You want to pay 30 million a year for half a season of a closer who's not a closer? No, of course not. You want to get the most out of him you can. I think he'll be back early June. Just because he's going to have to restart his buildup. Mm. I think he's probably going to start playing catch here pretty soon. So it's going to be a couple months. But I'm not too worried. Michael Walker has looked really good in spring training. Garrett Whitlock, who's at the end of their – was the towards the end of – he was the Rule 5 from the Yankees they got last year. Ended up being a, one of the – after Matt Barnes had a tough second half, Garrett Whitlock stepped up and was kind of their back-end shutdown guy, like eight, nine-inning guy. Um Young kid, works hard, love him, but they're stretching him out. He threw three scoreless today, 46 pitches. Um, so, as of now, he's going to be making some starts. Tanner Houck's making some starts. 
Rich Hill, he's like 55 years old now, I think, uh, is going to make some starts. They have Nick Pavetta, Nate Evaldi. So they have guys. They have Nick, guys. It's, it's, it's almost like you work for NESN now or something. You know all this Boston say Red Nesson. Sox. Nesson. Nesson. Yeah, but I've always followed, but I've always followed the Sox. And like Jackie Bradley's my boy. He's back, friend of the show. Michael Waka, friend of the show, also mm-hmm. grew up together. He's he's there. Trevor Story's one of my boys. He's there. Um, so that infield got a lot better, too. So I don't know. I'm fired up for him. It's gonna be a tough division, though. No doubt. Another tough division is gonna be the NL East. Oof. One team from the NL East. They're going to retire Ryan Zimmerman's number. That's the Washington Nationals. So much deserved. First ever draft pick for the Washington Nationals since they moved over from Montreal. He leads the team in hits, games played, plate appearances, RBI, like just about every single category. He's going to have his number 11 jersey retired in Washington, D.C. Albert Pools, this just in basically as we're recording this uh, podcast. This is according to Katie Wu of The Athletic. He could potentially be heading back to St. Louis with a I little. I saw that. Give us ba- baseball Great. gods. Give us this. That's we cool. need it. Yachty, possibly Wayno, depending Wayno, on how he's, right. he does. And then Yachty. Like, uh, could they all just go cool. out together? That'd be pretty cool. But it, from a Cardinals fan, you're trying to compete. Do you really want to throw three 40 year old guys out there and just say, oh, yeah, let's Wayno, give them their response? Dude, Wayno was great last year. He was. You're right. And, Yachty, and Yachty still, Yachty behind the Yachty's plate had, was one sure. of the most efficient pitch framers in the game again. He was top three again last year. He's losing some of his arm, but guys still don't run on him like they used to. Like our guys still don't run on him because of his name. They're like just don't run and stealing isn't that relevant anymore. So it's not that big of a deal. And if he's back there stealing strikes, it's a leadership role, you know? It's dangerous to else, rely who on. Who else can run into 20? For sure. Especially against left handed pitching. He was top 10 he, in OPS against left handed pitching. This one more thing here. I, I know I'm just stringing this along. I know we have top 25 that I really want to get to, but this Justin from uh, Zach Buchanan of the athletic Cattell Marte has agreed to a five-year extension with the Arizona diamondbacks with a club option, $76 million, big That's time awesome. payday for Cattell Marte. If you look at his statistics over the, the last three years, since 2019, I mean, he's top five in war, uh, especially in, in the national league as well. Um, he's in my top OPS, 20. He's in my, He's in my top 25. I think I met, just missed the cut. That's a great transition, Brooks. So let's get to our top 25 players in oh, Major League uh, by Baseball. By the way, by the way, by the way, season. what was the contract again? I'm sorry. You're looking at a five-year, $76 million with a club option. Oh, dude, that's it? It's kind of a steal for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, it is. He's going to look great in pinstripes come oh, trade deadline, too. Yeah, that's a great deal for the Diamondbacks. I mean, really good player. It'll be a while till they're actually competing. You didn't even hear what I said. What did you say? He's going to look great in pinstripes come July 31st. <laughs> I missed that. I went right over my head. Top 25 players in baseball for the 2022 season. Now, keep in mind, like, there's no way to be objective about this. Okay, there's these no are way our to get this opinions. perfectly correct. <laughs> now, when we were making this list, this is how I thought about it. When I was deciding between this guy or this guy, I was thinking in my head because – we're splitting hairs. I was thinking which of these players dominates the game in my eyes more. And that's what I put player A in front of player. And this B is what we think things. is going to happen in 2022, not based off of last year. Right. What we think is going to happen this year. We took everything into account. 2021, their history, everything, uh, trajectory as well. So there is an exception in my top five because 
I don't know what one of these guys is going to do in 2022. We will slow we'll it down it. when we get to our top 10. We want to Yeah, we're going to we're going to roll through 25 through 11 and then once we get to the top 10 we'll we'll start breaking it down a little more. Yeah, we got shit to do, people. But 25 through 10 we'll roll through and then 10 through 1 we'll slow it down. So all right, 25 through 20, give it to me. Little Middlebrooks is 25 through 20. All right, 25, I got Byron Buxton. That's low. Low as in like, you think he should be higher on the list? I got Buxton at 15, but we'll get there. I, I, I originally had him written down at 19. I ended up moving him because I forgot about other guys. All right, so Byron Buxton, 25. 24, Xander Bogarts. 23, Corey Seager. 22, Cattell Marte. 21, Zach Wheeler. 20, Matt Olson. I went 25. I cheated. So I wanted to throw a bullpen arm in there, but I couldn't decide between Josh Hader or Liam Hendricks. So I did a side-by-side at 25, a tie at 25. Josh Hader, Liam Hendricks. That's cool. I didn't even think about that. Sorry, relievers. Suck it. Shane Bieber at 24, Salvador Perez at 23, Wander Franco at 22, 21, Rafael Devers, and 20, Freddie Freeman. I forgot Devers. So you had Xander ahead of Devers, or would you have switched that? I think I would put Devers around 20. Around 20. So you think he's a better player than Xander Bogarts? Yeah, I think Devers goes Hamilton this year. Okay. How about 20 through 15? All right. Or I already did 20, so 19. Yeah. 19, I have Manny Machado. So do I. Nice. 18, <laughs> Max, Max Scherzer. 17, Marcus Simeon. 16, Carlos Correa. 15, Garrett Cole. It's funny, man. You have some guys on your list that I don't even have on mine. Yeah, Simeon. that's the thing. And I told you I did it without internet. So well, I was just I, like, yeah, I'm not shit on forgot, your list. Somehow I forgot Devers out of everybody. I'm not saying your list is better than mine or my list is better than yours. It's just like, it's so close. Like I don't have Xander Bogarts in mine either. And I feel terrible saying but that. But you got Devers. And I, did you have Salvi Perez? Uh, Perez no, when he hit 50 bombs last year. That's the thing. But, okay. So Manny Machado at 19, I also have that. I put Nolan Arenado ahead of Manny Machado. Oh, I forgot Nolan too. And here's the thing: I think I'm Manny Machado on my third baseman right I now. I think Machado is a more talented player. Yeah, head and shoulders above Arenado. But when you look at his career numbers, Arenado has the better career numbers. And a lot of that I know is because he played at Coors Field. I know. Yeah, but but he, but he didn't have, but he didn't have choice. He was there. That's All exactly he could do right. is produce. Carlos Correa, who who would you have Correa at? Fifteen. Um, sixteen. I got Cray at 17, Corbin Burns at 16, and then I have Byron Buxton at 15. I think you have Buxton way too low. I get it. Injuries. So I basically just thought of him too late. He fair enough. He hasn't but been able to I will say, I will say this, and I have it written next to it. A healthy Byron Buxton with a Carlos Correa in the lineup with him, and maybe a Gary Sanchez that's hitting the ball well. That's is a top is a top 10 player in the MLB. Without a doubt. You can might be able to go top five, honestly, if he can stay healthy. Uh, I, I was looking at my top 10, and it would be hard to crack some of these guys. So 15, who did you have? Correa? 15, I had Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole at 15. Give me 14 through 11. All right. Corbin Burns at 14. Mookie Betts at 13. I know. Well, he had a, ru- he had a rough had Freddie last Freeman at 12. Okay. Do you think Freddie Freeman is a better player than Mookie Betts? I think Freddie Freeman may have a better 2022 than Mookie Betts. Okay. 
I can I buy think it. he's going home. He's in a new place. He's going to have more adrenaline. There's a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They were like right there. I think Mookie Betts overall is a better player, but for 2022, I think they're like the same. Okay. Um, and then 11, Jose Ramirez. Slept on for sure. I think people realize how good he is now, but for his, the last three years, I feel like people had and Jose Ramirez. The, and He was one of the hitters most affected by the shift. Like his numbers could have been insane. Since he became an everyday player, he almost has as many extra base hits as he does strikeouts. Well, they're saying that That's if there insane. wasn't a shift, he would have hit like 350 every year. Unbelievable. I guess uh, when teams did not shift him last year, he had a, a batting average of like 480 or something like that. Might have been over 500. Was, now, ridiculous. They did. They only didn't shift him in like 18 at bat. So it was a very yeah, small sample. Stupid. But Jose Ramirez is ridiculous. So I had Trey Turner at 14, Garrett Cole at 13, Scherzer at 12, Bryce Harper at 11. Sure. Who did you have? Do you have any more pitchers on you? Yeah, you probably do. We had yeah, Corbin bro. Burns. I had Burns at uh, 14. You had Burns better than Cole. Yes, and Scherzer. Burns is Scherzer just getting older now. But better than Garrett Cole? Yeah. You're not a Garrett Cole fan, are you? Not really. Not after that shit the last couple years. Is it because he lives in a city with trash in the streets and rats the size of donkeys? What did you say? Horses? I don't give a shit. I don't care where he lives. This isn't personal. It's not personal. I just, I really like Corbin Burns. This is more about Corbin Burns and less about Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole. It's more about Corbin Burns. So let's not make it negative. Let's make it positive about Corbin. Because that's how I, I just really, he's, he's different than everybody. He throws 98 mile per hour cutters. And I mentioned and, too, and his story, he stunk when he got to the big leagues. He yeah. completely took away his four seamer and changed it to a cutter. And now he's one of the best pitchers in the game. He made an adjustment. Change we need to change based off of his numbers from his draft Soto, his track man, all this. And like, you could be good if you did this. Changed it. Here he is. A year, literally a year later, he made a change in an off season. That's why I like him. He's just like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to make this change. He did it. There he is. And for the same reason, we can't critique Nolan on auto for playing in Coors Field. Right. We can't critique Corbin Burns for not being on the field as much as other pitchers because that's not his decision. That's just the organization he plays for. Correct. Number 10. Give me your number 10. Aaron Judge. I think okay. this is – I think he is – this is another one. I think he's top five if he's healthy. If he's healthy, uh, I think at the end of this year, we could look up and see him as a top five player, like a 45 to 50 home run guy, 120 RBI guy, like MVP candidate, if he's healthy. And not only – I mean, he's a huge guy, and he's he has the capability of being a gold glover too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like – for his size, for where he plays uh, under the bright lights, we're gonna see him in the big games. Aaron Judge is a star, and he's he, he's gonna he's top ten here just because this even this top ten is like close. Like everybody, it's like interchangeable in my opinion. Yeah, you you could flip a coin on a lot of these. You guys. got it ten. Jose Ramirez. Okay, who we already mentioned. All right, give me your number nine. Nine, Bryce Harper. His I'd numbers move, he got overlooked yeah. last year. Yeah. It's, it's overlooked last year, I, man. He, I had, the, yeah. Phillies, the Phillies don't sniff contention last year if it's not for his second half. His second half was one of the better second half we've seen from a hitter in a long time. Okay, let me let me ask you this. You're drafting a team. Would you – who would you, you – let me, let me figure out how to phrase this. Yeah. On the board still, 
is Jose Ramirez. No, no, no. Let me let on the board is Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, and Byron Buxton. You need an outfielder. Which are you choosing of those three? Because you have Harper ranked higher than both Dang. those guys. Or all you, three of those. You are just constantly just wanting to call me out. What'd you tell me at the beginning? Stir the pot. That's weird. That's so no, that's just the, the it would be between Harper and Mookie. And I think, well, I told you this is what I, my list is what I think is going to be in 2022. And I think Harper has a better season. Okay. I had Mookie at night. I think he has, he has more protection. Mookie had a bad season in 2021. He did, but I'm not, I'm just looking at 20. They're interchangeable. Don't make me make this choice. Give me number eight. Uh, Trey Turner, man, this is like, I think Trey Turner is a better player than Carlos Correa at shortstop. Agreed. I think his on-base speed skills are elite, like top of the league, like 99 percentile. Um, I think he stays healthier than Correa. He's on the field more. He's more active on the base pass. He's causing, causing havoc on the base pass. He can pick it. And not only is he going to hit for average, he's got some sock in there too. So, yeah, he, he's my number eight. This I feel really good about that pick, actually. Would it surprise you if I told you that Trey Turner – Last year was his first all-star appearance. Can you believe that? That's nuts. I remember that last year, and I was like, what the heck? One more note, too. I know I keep bringing up Byron Buxton. I saw this note on MLB Network the other day. So since 2019 – no, I'm sorry. Since 2020, the most defensive runs saved by an outfielder. Byron Buxton has the third most in Major League Baseball among outfielders. He's only played like 60 games over that span. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. You see the catch he made uh, last week? Yep. Oh, it's Matt Olson. Yeah, he did it the same thing in 2020. Like uh, guys I, don't guys don't ball out like that in spring training because they don't want to get hurt. That just tells me that was just instinctual. Yeah. He just went and got it and made a highlight real play. Normally guys shy away from that because they don't want to get hurt, which probably has hurt him in the past. But Vladdy G, I have at number eight. Okay, that's who I have at number seven. You have a seven? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, have I, Vladdy, I, Vladdy, at the end of this year, we could be saying he is the top, top three player. Yeah, for sure. If he, if he has another year like last year, mm-hmm. he, he, poor guy should have won an MVP, but he, he just no. He sh- he, no, he should not have. Shohei Otani should have no, won MVP. You're not, let me finish my sentence. I'm saying without Shohei, it's an MVP season. Yes. Shohei should have. I'm not saying he should have won it over Shohei. Okay. I'm saying normally a season like that is MVP worthy. Is Sorry, let me, let me put my Shohei Otani fandom to the side. He got a little angry there. No, no, Shohei should have. I'm, I just, I'm saying in general, like you have that season, you should win MVP. I got Aaron Judge at seven. Uh, for those saying that he doesn't have injury history now that he finally played one healthy season in 2022, <laughs> or excuse me, 2021, he still has injury concerns. I'm glad mm-hmm. he finally was able to sustain and, and have some durability in 2021, but he needs to do it for more than one year. The guy only played about 100 games on average for about three to four seasons. So, yeah. Give me some durability, Judge, and you might even be higher. Number six. Number six, Jacob DeGrom. DeGrominator. Yeah. I mean, I feel like six is high for a pitcher because they only uh, affect about 35 games a year. Um, but not for him because he goes out there and he has a chance to be perfect every single time he steps on the rubber. Um, and we're looking at like an all-time great right now. We're looking at like an active Hall of Fame, which is really cool. I got Fernando Tatis Jr. at six. I only have him that low. Because his injuries do scare me a little bit. Yeah, see, I 
I wrote him in a little bit higher and I, that's I was telling you before the show, like he's the one that I'm like, oh, man, but I felt weird putting him low. We didn't just use talent in our calculations here. So if we're just going off talent, you might be top three. Who did you have at five? At Acuna. I too have Ronald Acuna Jr. Now he, he tearing it torn ACL last year. Right. He's coming off. So what do we expect? I expect a this healthy is another Ronald guy that could be top but, three. Right. And he probably will be. 40 40 walking 44 uh excuse me 44 yeah he is the best five tool player in the game in my opinion agreed right all right jacob degrom jacob degrom i best pitcher in the game by far i had him at four you had him at five you have him at four i had him at four just because i'm a pitcher and i show pitcher bias that's fair i have tatis jr at four degrom has injury history still a lot of these guys welcome to sports welcome to professional sports i've had you had tatis at four tatis at four I honestly think he has the capability of being a number one. So you're not putting a premium on defense as much on your list. Um, right. I know that's his issue. I do. I still think the exciting place he still makes on defense, mm-hmm. the excitement he brings and power and everything he brings to the offensive side of the game, just his swag, his, his, uh, just that shine he has on the field that attracts people to the game mm-hmm. is part of this for me. Like, I love watching. Like, if I'm like, oh, if I like walk by a TV and he's batting, I stop and watch because something special, there's a good chance something special happens or something crazy, or he's trying to, you know, stretch a blooper over the second base into a double, like something. And I think some of that's playing into his injuries, that and riding four wheelers or whatever the hell he's doing. But. <laughs> Uh, this is a player who has a capability of, in a couple of years, me saying he's my number one player in baseball, if he's healthy. But this has been an every year thing, and they still have 13 years left on that deal, right? Yeah, I was playing well, devil's advocate with that question because I too think he's top five, top three. If he can stay healthy, could be number one one day. I asked defensively again. I was playing devil's advocate there because if you look at his metrics and you look at his deep dive numbers defensively. They're a lot better than they might indicate from the airs. The problem is he doesn't have a problem getting the balls. He's also he's very aggressive. Yes. So the, the, a lot why. of the he tries to his best asset, his best talent might be the biggest thing working against him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like his best positive might be his both his worst negative because he tries to make the magical play. He makes Every a diving time. play. In the hole in that five six but hole, but then he throws it into the dip and dot stand. He right. should have held. He should have just ate it. It should hold on to the ball, just eat it. One hundred percent. But he tries to make the magic play, or he he's trying learn. to barehand something when he should glove it. Like he's that's young. That, that's where a lot of his errors are coming from. And and agreed. But that's the excitement that we want. Exactly. Okay, now we're getting into the nitty gritty here because talk about a coin flip, man. My top three, I shifted around. Probably, I, I had each of my top three in different My spots. top three never moved. Who do you have at three? Shohei. Okay. I, I You're a pitcher, so I know you're probably going to have him higher. You don't have him at number one, but I guarantee you have him at number two. But I don't have him at number one, huh? You say? I, I said I don't think you have him at number one. Um, Shohei, yeah. I mean, Modern day Babe Ruth. I mean, uh, possibly. I mean, not possibly. I think last year was the best season all time by a player. Agreed. In my lifetime, from my he own 40, two eyes. 46 homers, 100 ribbies, and then he had what was his ERA? Three something? Three, two, four or something. Yeah, three, two. <laughs> With like a, a 
his strikeout to it was top 10 in the American. He was good. top 10 in the American League in almost every statistical category pitching. Yeah, and he started off slow on the mound too. Remember, he had the he had the command issues and like really figured it out. He was um, nine and two with a three one eight last year. Three one eight. Okay, it's way off. Um, I don't think, I don't know if he duplicates that. And if he does, and and if he does, like how? What's the longevity here? Mm-hmm. So I couldn't put him higher than three just because I don't think he is better than everybody on just one side of the ball. He's like a combination guy. Right. That makes sense. Um, I don't think he's a top three hitter in baseball. I think he's can be a top 10 hitter in baseball. I mean, 46 homers and 100 stakes are – that's really good in this day and age with pitching how it is. Um, but I think three is pretty fair. A lot of people get angry at that. Well – He's not even a top 10 pitcher, a top 10 hitter, which he, he might be bored on whatever you want to rank him. But it's like, yeah, yeah but, he, but you put those two together. And that's why he's that's, an MVP. That's one player. And I, I don't think people can quite comprehend and, and wrap their mind around that. Like, no one else can do that. I have Juan Soto at three. And keep in mind, I know I had already kind of mentioned this, but I had Juan Soto at number one at one point, and I just couldn't <clears> do it. So I dropped him down to three. I want to see a little bit more. I think he's the best pure hitter in baseball. Back to ball see skills. More until he plays for another team. Come on, man! Don't do that to DC fans. Oh, come on! You're such a. You try to make everybody like you. This has nothing to do with their fans. It's their organization. They cleaned house and thought, "Oh, we're making moves. We're bringing a 48 year old DH." <laughs> no, I love Nelson Cruz too, and I have nothing. This is nothing for DC fans. I'm not shitting on them. It's a fact. They'll tell you the same thing. They're not going to win. They have not in that division. Excuse me? They have garbage in the streets of D.C.? Yeah. Who'd you have it to? Juan Soto, I'm guessing. I had Juan Soto. Best hitter in baseball? Best pure hitter, I think, in baseball. And his on-base skills are better than anybody's. Best eye at the plate. He doesn't chase. He doesn't expand the zone. When he swings, he barrels. Yeah. And with two strikes, his, he has a really good two-strike approach, which you don't see much in baseball. He chokes down a little bit. He spreads out. He'll shoot it the other way. He'll hit behind runners. He's good, man. He's the best pure. I'm, I mean, contact. Yeah, contact hitter. But he's a, he's gonna pop you into the second deck too. Yeah, he, I love him. It was really so, and he has that. He has that Tatis about him. Like, oh, he's hitting. Let me turn this. Let me watch this. I want to watch every pitch of, that he sees this year if I can, because he's that special. He has the ability to hit 40 to 50 home runs. Last How year, old is he, Danny? 22. He's only 22 years old. He might have turned 23 in the offseason. Okay. Let me, check, let me check my notes. Dude, listen to this. He's 23. So when a player's 30 years old, you consider them to still somewhat be toward, towards the end of their prime. But if, yeah. they're, if they're an elite player, they're still in their prime. That's seven years from now mm-hmm. for him. It's nuts. He has a chance to be one of the best players of all time. Mm-hmm. He really does. I remember when he came up, and I'm like, "They brought this kid up from A ball. Why is he here?" Oh, mm-hmm. that's why. Saw a couple games, and he's like, clip, clipping guys backside, like just like filleting balls. And I'm like, "How's that getting out?" Kid's special. I My favorite him. stat about Soto is ever since he made his debut back in 2018, won the World Series the next year. But yeah. since since 2018, he has the most intentional walks in baseball. Like, that says a lot. And I know that he hasn't had the protection around him, at least last year, not as much as he had in previous years with Rendon. 
But man, like that says a lot. If other teams are scared of a 19, 20, 21, and then now 22, 23 year old kid, that says a lot. So I had Soto at three. I had Otani at two. We talked about his ability to play on both sides. Now, going back to your conversation about Otani, too, I'm not saying he can't do it. You know, sustain that success on the mound and with the bat. I'm saying I've never seen it before. And I don't think anybody's ever seen a guy perform at that level on the mound and at the dish for multiple seasons, not with that much volume. So I'm not saying he can't, but I'm saying I've never seen it before. Fair? Yeah. Absolutely. Number one, say you it with it. me on three. One, two, three. Mike. Mike Trout. Trout. Yeah. I just Why, can't, though? I can't Why? take him off that pedestal yet. Why? He hasn't played. Uh, Aaron Judge has played more games than him over the past three seasons. The gap, uh, the gap's closing. Agreed. I, I said think, that last think, year. And people... I think we might get to see Mike Trout in the playoffs this year. They need more starters, but yeah. They need more starters, but at least they got some – well, they rebuilt their entire bullpen. The divisions op- opened up with Oakland selling the entire farm. Bingo. Now, Seattle is uh, probably my favorite to win that division. Over Houston? I think so. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be very competitive between the two. It'll be competitive, but I think, I, I think I'm giving the edge to Seattle. I think they have a lot they're building off of from last year. There's a lot of those guys still there. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're young, and they got a taste of, like, the race. They know what it takes. I like him. I like the Angels pickups in the bullpen with Archie Bradley. We'll get into divisions a little bit more specifically with more podcasts. But Mike Trout, I think this is the most important year for Mike Trout. You mentioned that you think the gap is closing. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and I think a lot of this has to do with, like, when you're looking at top players in the game, like players that market themselves. Mike Trout is – he lets his game speak for himself. He's a family man. He's simple. He Mm -hmm. doesn't care about doing commercials and – this and that. He doesn't want to be in the spotlight. Well, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Acuna, like we're seeing all these guys more and more because the league is doing a better job at putting these players in our face. Uh, but Mike Trout's just like, yeah, I'm good, which I, I totally respect because I, on a personal level, like knowing who he is and what he's about, he's just one of the most genuine human beings you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. And he cares about his family, number one. And baseball second so that's just who he is and he doesn't have to market himself to be the best player in the game he just plays it when he's healthy Um, and i think we see a big year this year i'm fired up have him back one of the main reasons why i put trout at number one too was during the lockout there was some players speaking out against the owners and and they're not playing and they don't think it's a fair deal all of a sudden trout either tweeted or shared instagram his message about playing and, and and what his thoughts on the lockout were and all the all the players shared it to their Instagrams, to their Twitters. Like, he may not be the face of baseball, but he is, like, the leader of the players. Like, players yeah. look up to Mike Trout. If you took a poll, like, all the active big leaders, he would be voted the number one player in the game. I will say this. I mentioned it earlier. I think this is the most important season for Mike Trout. We all know about the playoff appearances or lack thereof. We all know he's never won a playoff game. We know that he's coming off another injury, too. He's had injury concerns over the past three seasons. Before that, he was durable as hell. But over the last three seasons, he's had the calf injury. He had back issues at one point. He's had injury concerns. I told you already that I have been playing on an everyday basis for the last 10 years is adding up. 
I had Juan Soto at number one at one point. I had since dropped him down. I had Shohei Otani at number one at one point. I dropped him down. And I put Trout up there for reasons I just mentioned. But I think this is the most important year for Mike Trout because if most Juan Soto has what, another great in year. what way? He could lose that number one spot very easily. One injury. Juan Soto has a great year. Ronald Acuna Jr. has a great year. Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back from his injury and has a great year. Shohei Otani does his thing. I'm booting Trout for number one. I think that's fair. This is the last year. I think Mike Trout is a lock at that number one spot and has been for the past five years, if not more. I think this is the year if he does have another injury or perhaps has a poor season, which I don't anticipate seeing. If he's healthy, he won't have a poor season. But if he doesn't play, this is the last year that I'm just automatically penciling in Mike Trout at the number one spot. I agree. The first thing I wrote down next to Mike Trout is the gap is closing. People don't like when I say that, but I couldn't no, agree. No, but it's true. I mean, but that's a good thing. It means we had a lot of talent. Is Mike Trout we... the, the best player you ever played with or against? He's the best player ever. I mean, it's Mike Trout. I mean, You played Arizona Fall League with him. You yeah, we live together. Yeah. Um, me, him, and Alex Hassan. Alex Hassan is now the minor league coordinator for the Minnesota Twins. Hmm. He'll be a GM Feel one correct. day. We always were like, Hass is going to be a GM one day. He went to Duke, just super like cerebral, smart, like really knows the game inside and out. Really brainy guy. Mm-hmm. We're like, he'll be a GM one day. And then one day I just look up and he's he's like, Hey man, are you available? Like, do you are you thinking about coaching? And I'm like, Why are you asking me this, Hass? He's like, Oh, I'm in the an office with the twins now <laughs> it's like ah i got it and then over the last couple of years um he's just worked his way up now he's a minor league coordinator mm. pretty cool um but yeah back to your question yeah of course mike trout's the most talented player i've ever played with in the fall league he that was so he got called up at the end of 2011 and then he came to the fall league after that mm-hmm. harper was on that team too yeah, that was stat. That was sure. it was a sick team. We didn't go to the playoffs. Yeah, Brandon Crawford in there too, huh? Brandon Crawford, Darren Ruff. Yeah. He just um, got a contract. Derek Norris. I'm trying to think. Remember Joe Panic? None of us had Kyle Tucker in our top 25. I know he's so sneaky. Neither of us, I should say. He's so sneaky. He like flies under the radar. He never talks. I'm pretty Neither sure of us mime. had Paul Goldschmidt. He's the first mime to ever make the big league. Neither of us had Paul Goldschmidt. Neither of us had Brian Reynolds, Walker Bueller. I know Walker was like on the cusp for me. I had him like in, in the 25 to 30 range. Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, not my top 25. One last story for you. The only one I, I feel like I, I, I missed two that would be in the 20 to 25 range. Arnado. Endeavors. Endeavors. Endeavors is going to have a monster. Dude, every time I see him having a bat this spring, mm-hmm. it's a loud noise. Yeah. He is barreling. I mean, it's spring. I get it, but man. You know, a lot Jaren, of fastballs in spring training. You see Jaron Duran tag up from second base? Scored. It's ridiculous. That, That's that ridiculous was, speed right there. Oh, he's a – man, that boy fast. One more story, and then we can get on our way. You talked about GMs. So I had a buddy tell me this the other day. I'm not going to call out the organization because I could get in trouble even sharing the story. But someone I know, an executive, just got bumped up to an assistant general manager role. He has no experience whatsoever doing general manager work, and he told them that. He's very well respected. That's how he got the job. He's very well and pl- very good at player development. Can I have a hint? No, I'm not going to tell you who. I could get in trouble. But they bumped him up to assistant GM, big time pay raise, big time job um, bump. He told them, he said, I don't know a thing about general managing. What I don't know a thing job? about salary cap. What? 
What was his previous job? Player development. Okay, so it's not like he just like. No, he's been in the organization. He, he for wasn't years. like a grave digger, and they're like he hey, was bud, just can you- he was transparent about him not knowing a damn thing about salary cap salaries. And so you know what they told him though, they said go play MLB the show, play franchise mode, Stop. play around with contracts, and learn. That is exact. This is a big league ball club. I, I, this is the last hint I'll give you. A very competitive big league ball club it has been competitive for years now. I'm not going to tell you the name, and I know it sucks. That I can't just share that with you. But that is what a real big league ball club told a now assistant general manager to do: go play MLB the show. How many assistants? Salary caps. Is it the, it's the Giants? I'm not going to tell you who. That is a real story, and that's a very reliable source, by the way. I don't believe it. We are going to talk divisions. We're going to be talking our predictions because our predictions were so good last year. We'll be talking predictions. We'll be talking about the upcoming opening day, which is now just a week and a half away, which I'm fired up for, man. But this was fun. Top 25. That was good. That was way tougher than I thought. It It really was. I mean, splitting hairs to a T. But this was fun, bud. Let's do it again soon. Opening day, a week and a half away. I'm looking forward to it.